Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! What is going on, Devil's fans? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to this very special holiday edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys as always for taking some time out of your day to check these podcast episodes out. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Also, if you just happen to be coming along this podcast, make sure to leave a five-star rating both on Spotify as well as on um, Apple uh, Podcasts. It really does help out the podcast 100%. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. This podcast episode and all of them are sponsored by the awesome people at DraftKings Sportsbook. When you sign up on DraftKings, make sure to use our promo code THPN. Folks, we have a bunch to get to today. Not only do we have uh, a special guest, as you can see from the title of this episode, but we have a handful of news to discuss. Luckily, I'm in a much more, I guess you would say, cheerier mood, maybe a little bit more jolly, so to speak. Um, but still, a lot of the news that I'm going to uh, uh, give you guys, uh, I'm going to tell you guys about is not really um, the greatest news you want to hear, but it's something that we do have to share. So, as always, we have a bunch to talk about here in the Double State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we're going to start, we're going to start uh, back on, what was it? Um, let me think here. Yeah, it was Monday. Uh, Monday at around 10 o'clock in the evening. So we got this pretty late. Um, the NHL uh, public relations Twitter account put this out, an official announcement from the NHL and NHL Players Association. They put the NHL and NHLPA have agreed to begin the holiday break after Tuesday's games. Practice will resume on December 26th and the league's regular season schedule will resume on December 27th. And here is the official statement that they put out. With no games currently scheduled for Wednesday, December 22nd because of COVID-related postponements, the National Hockey League and the National Hockey League's Players Association have agreed to postpone the five games that were made scheduled on Thursday, December 23rd in order to begin the collective, collectively bargained holiday break effective with the conclusion of games tomorrow night, December 21st. Under the revised schedule, December 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th, which is Christmas Day, shall be off days for all purposes, including travel. Players will report back to their clubs on December 26th, which shall be used for testing, practice, and or travel only. Upon return from holiday break to team 
team facilities, no individual and team's traveling party shall enter the facility other than for testing purposes until they have a negative test result. Any practice scheduled for December 26th must begin after 2 p.m. local time. The NHL's regular season schedule will resume on December 27th. So we did get word on uh, Monday. Actually, we, we got word on like Monday afternoon that the Devils game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, which would have been on Tuesday the 21st, uh, ended up getting postponed. So the Devils end up um, getting uh, an early start to their holiday break. They will have roughly about, let's see here, today is the 22nd, so they have five more days. They have a little bit more than a week uh, between their last game, which was on Sunday against Pittsburgh, and then uh, their next game on the 27th in St. Louis against the St. Louis Blues. Um, in many ways, for a lot of us Devils fans, including myself, this is kind of almost in a sad way, a sense of relief um, that the Devils fans and, you know, everybody doesn't have to go through another very frustrating uh, game. Because most likely, let's face it, with the way the Devils have been playing of late, um, it just hasn't been enjoyable to watch. I spoke about that in the last episode. So in a way, it's kind of nice. And it's also good for the players and the team themselves to kind of have over a week to kind of rest, reflect, regroup and try to get things back on track um, on the 27th when we're in uh, St. Louis. So that's really an important thing. Now, there's a couple of other things that I wanted to talk about. The first one, and this was like really interesting because this came uh, prior to the NHL making their announcement about the early holiday break. Uh, Amanda Stein, who at this point now is really the only reporter that we have uh, covering the New Jersey Devils and Devils only, she put out... Um, Two quick, uh, well, actually a couple of quick tweets, which was kind of unexpected because we really didn't, um, we didn't know that this was going on. But Tom Fitzgerald on Monday actually had a uh, brief press conference with some of the media explaining uh, the decisions that were made to postpone the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday. The biggest thing that we took away from that is simply that Tom Fitzgerald said, look, other than COVID, there's a lot of other guys on our team that are getting sick that have made it very, very difficult. He tried to get the, the previous two games postponed against Detroit and then against Pittsburgh on Sunday, but the NHL uh, forced them to play those games regardless. They also were trying to get guys to be called up, but because one of the players um, ended up testing positive for COVID-19 from Utica, both of those guys could not come and participate. So the Devils have been playing somewhat shorthanded over the last couple of games. I'm not trying to make that as an excuse for the lack of good play from this team, but that is definitely a factor nonetheless. But Amanda Stein also put out a couple of things. And granted, she wasn't there. She actually got these um, from Sam Kassan and also Catherine Bogart, who were there, because Amanda Stein is now off on her uh, holiday break. Uh, but Cheryl, the first comment was, quote, I want my team to keep each other accountable in that locker room, end quote. The next quote that comes out is, quote, the communication from Lindy Ruff to his players are second to none. His door is always open. He's out and about, end quote. Uh, and then Fitzgerald reiterating that Lindy has an open door policy with his players and is out and about in the sense of spending time and chatting with his players in the locker room. This is something we've heard on a regular basis from the players. Honestly, I, I really don't want to hear that. Um, it doesn't help. Uh, any Devils fan feel any better about the situation when the general manager is continuing to basically back up um, the head coach. Um, it doesn't seem like to me, just based on these comments, that any changes are going to be made. And what you ended up taking away from all that is basically Lindy Ra, uh, excuse me, Tom Pichel is more or less calling out the players and saying that the answer is within the locker room. And I personally just don't agree with that regardless of how everybody feels about this team and where we are, and regardless of how many times people will say this team is not as young as it was last year, this team is still one of the youngest teams in the National Hockey League, and they still lack a lot of veteran leadership. And that's where I think a lot of these situations, um, you know, there really is no answers. Uh, if you had a little bit more of a veteran team with some guys that have been there before, they're able to rally the troops. I think right now, especially with some of the veterans that we have, guys like Damon Severson, maybe even P.K. Subban, they've been getting used to this type of 
uh, seasons with this organization. So because of that, they're not really doing the job that they should be doing to try to rally the troops and, um, you know, get them where they need to be. So as much as I still respect Fitzgerald and I, I've, you know, for the most part, I've really, really loved what he's done with this team. That this is one of those things to continue to try to defend Lindy Ruff when things are clearly not working right now, um, to me is very, very unexcusable. And I do agree with some fans, not all, but I do agree with some that if this is how it's going to be, if this is legitimately how it's going to be, then is Tom Fitzgerald really the right guy for the team that we have now? I mean, it's it's definitely something that you you have to question. I don't like having to question it, but it's something that uh, that you definitely have to, to take into consideration. Um, so it's one of those things that you just wonder to yourself, are changes really going to happen? And if so, what are those changes and when is it going to happen? But I've personally said this before and I'll say it again to me with regards to Lindy Ruff, it's not, it's no longer a matter of if he's going to get fired. It's a matter of when it could be during this break. It could be a couple of games after the break. If the team continues to play this way. They could just decide to let him be the coach the rest of the year and then fire him at the end of the year. Um, but in all honesty, I uh, unless you see a massive turnaround from this team and they really get back in the thick of things, which granted they're not, you know, completely out of the out of it. But considering how many teams have jumped them and you see some of the teams that have made coaching changes and it's so far been benefiting them. You start to ask questions. I mean, the freaking Philadelphia Flyers now have more points than we do. We are 10 games below 500 if you count the losses and also shootout overtime losses. A lot of this is just very, very much unacceptable. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. This team is way too good to be playing at the level that they're playing at right now. Regardless of the fact that we have had guys out on COVID and stuff like that, to me, it's just one of the many times that we could use excuses and not really just talk about the main picture. Whereas this team needs to get better. This team has to rally around itself and start playing better, or they're going to continue to lose these games. So that's really what I took away from all of this. I'm hoping that some form of change, I don't know what that is, but I'm hoping that the Devils start making some changes wherever they got to do it, because then at least it'll show us as fans and people who care about this team that the Devils are trying to um, are trying to do something. So that was really the big thing when it came to um, the Devils themselves and really the front office, hedge coaching, any type of situation with that. We shall see how things develop over the week or so, and, and especially when we get back to play. But uh, I'm recording this on the 22nd, so we got about five days before our next game. So we shall see what happens when the team gets back and um, how things will be affected by the Omicron variant that is still ravaging throughout the country and also ravaging uh, throughout the world. Now, another thing that I wanted to share, and I want to uh, say, by the way, shout out to Devils.FanPage, because he shared this with me prior to the Prudential Center and the Devils making this announcement. We got word from the mayor of Newark that starting immediately, which was back on the 20, um, it was like the 20, yeah, it was the 21st. So basically it was on Tuesday that uh, effective immediately anybody you know within Newark uh, when you go into any place inside you have to wear a uh, a face covering and that includes the New Jersey Devils uh, New Jersey Devils fans excuse me and also the players and everybody there uh, the Prudential Center put this out on Wednesday morning they said masks will now be required for all guests for each event this policy will go into effect starting with today's Trans-Siberian Orchestra shows and then uh, in the main um, the main post, it says, as mandated by the city of Newark's recent executive order, Prudential Center's entry policy will require all guests to wear a face mask during the entirety of each event, except when actively eating or drinking. This policy will go into effect starting with today's Trans-Siberian Orchestra shows at 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. at the Prudential Center. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are basically going back to the rules that we had last year when fans were allowed to go back. They were allowed to go back but they had to wear their mask at all times, regardless of vaccination status. And I've already seen a lot of people give their opinions, both on both sides of it, both sides. Um, and look, at the end of the day, this is just the situation that we're in. So when I look at it, I say to people this, if you don't like this situation, if you don't want to, then unfortunately, just don't go to a game. Uh, that's just being very, very honest. If you do want to go to games, 
you do have to follow the rules. Otherwise, as it happened last year, the security will come and will throw you out. I mean, that's just really how it is. So it's it's a very difficult position to be in. But at the end of the day, we are just trying to um, we are just trying to keep everybody safe. And that's pretty much where I'm going to leave with it. I don't want to get too much into this because I know how how um, sensitive a lot of people can be on both sides of the spectrum. It's not just on one side or, or the other. It's, you know, pe- people have a lot to say on both sides. And I just want to kind of stay in the middle and just report to you the information that I'm getting. So that's kind of the thing you need to know. So uh, when we start getting back to games and fans are coming, as always, um, you're going to have to go back to just wearing masks at all times, which for me personally, not a big deal. I was kind of doing that anyway this season, but again, they're going to be doubly cautious moving forward. Now, the last thing that I wanted to share with you guys um, before I introduce our guests, uh, which is obviously a guy that uh, it's been, you know, it's been a long time coming uh, for this guy to come on here on the Devil's State of My podcast. I had a chance to jump on his podcast uh, last year. And he's been one of our biggest supporters and biggest fans of not only the Hockey Podcast Network, but the Devil's State of Mind, certainly. I'll introduce him in just a few short moments. But we got the news that we were all kind of expecting, somewhat dreading, but also completely understand. And it started with this. Frank Saravalli of Daily Faceoff on Tuesday morning uh, made the first announcement, you know, put it out there on Twitter that the NHL and NHLPA had agreed that they will not be sending their players to Beijing for the 2022 Winter Olympics. And then we were just kind of waiting overnight to see when the NHL was going to announce it. I ended up doing a live watch along of the Tampa Bay Lightning Vegas Golden Knights game on Tuesday night, which was the final game. Uh, before the uh, winter break or the holiday break, as they say. Um, And I had said that I I would expect within the next two days, they're going to make a formal announcement at the NHL. Well, at about at exactly 10 a.m. on Tuesday morning, the NHL announced that there will not be an Olympic break. NHL players will not be able to participate in the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. And here is the um, here is the notice that they put out on social media. With the National Hockey League's regular season schedule having been materially disrupted as a result of increasing COVID cases and a rising number of postponed games, the National Hockey League announced today that the NHL players will not be participating in the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. The National Hockey League respects and admires the desire of NHL players to represent their countries and participate in a best-on-best tournament. Accordingly, we have waited as long as possible to make this decision while exploring every available option to enable our players to participate in the 2022 Winter Olympic Games, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman said. Unfortunately, given the profound uh, disruption of the NHL's regular season schedule caused by recent COVID-related events, 50 games have already been postponed through December 23rd. Olympic participation is no longer feasible. We certainly acknowledge and appreciate the efforts made by the International Olympic Committee, the International Ice Hockey Federation, and the Beijing Organizing Committee to host NHL players, but current circumstances have made it impossible for us to proceed despite everyone's best efforts. We look forward to Olympic participation in 2026. Our focus and goal have been and must remain responsibly and safely compete complete the entirety of the NHL regular season and Stanley Cup playoffs in a timely manner. Therefore, with stringent health protocols once again in place, we will begin utilizing available dates during the February 6th to 22nd window, originally uh, contemplated to accommodate Olympic participation, to reschedule games that have been or may yet be postponed. So at the end of the day, this is uh, disappointing, but not surprising at all. We all had a, a pretty good idea that this was going to happen. You could see it with the amount of games being postponed, with the amount of players being put in COVID protocols, that it was only a matter of time before the NHL and NHLPA decided to uh, make this announcement. So they did. And look, as a hockey fan, I'm very disappointed. Um, it's going to be very much like 2018 Olympics, where you're going to see a lot of junior kids Uh, Maybe a lot of them that you're going to see in the World Junior Championships very, very soon. Um, NHL free agents who are not an NHL team and also players from around the world, from the KHL uh, and other leagues like that. So you're not going to get, and I don't mean this with any disrespect to any hockey player out there, but you're not getting the most talented players playing for their countries in the Olympics. It might make for a, a little bit more of an even playing field, but still 
that is the reality that we're in. So I personally am still going to watch it if it ends up happening, because there are rumors and speculation that maybe the Olympics could be postponed to 2023, like they did with the Summer Olympics. So we shall see moving forward here as we're about a month and a half away from it. So a lot of time and a lot of things can change between now and when the Olympics are officially going to begin. But as far as the NHL participation, this is not going to happen. And a lot of players are disappointed. I know Sidney Crosby specifically said he was very disappointed, knowing that maybe this could have been the last Olympics that he could be a part of. You know, we, we don't know. We don't know what his situation is going to be within the next four years. Um, but at the end of the day, it's very, very um, sad. But at the same time, it, it makes a lot of sense. So the NHL and NHLPA have decided to not allow their players to go over to the Olympics for the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing, China. So the last thing I wanted to share with you guys today is that we have a very special guest joining us on this edition of the Double State of Mind podcast. We are welcoming on Richard Blosser, who is the host of the Grit and Bear podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, which covers the Hershey Bears and a lot of AHL hockey. He had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to go to his first game ever at the Prudential Center with a couple of his friends when they took on the Philadelphia Flyers. And he wanted to come on here and talk about his experience, also talk about the Utica Comets and his own opinions and takes on where the New Jersey Devils are as a whole. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this great interview with Grit and Bear podcast host, Richard Blosser. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But the but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point score. New customers who bet just one dollar on any team to score can win one hundred dollars in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you could still get in on all the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prices all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Devils fans. We have another special guest joining us here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Trying to get a couple more guests on and trying to get you some different content than what you've normally been hearing, which is me just rambling on and on and on about the lack of solid performances from this New Jersey Devils team. But joining me today is somebody who is a very good friend of mine. He is a big fan, a big supporter of the Devils State of Mind podcast, and he has a podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the Grit and Grind podcast, which mainly covers the Hershey Bears, but talks about the AHL as a whole. It is with great pleasure that we welcome on today my good friend, Richard Blosser. Richard, welcome to the Devil State of Mind podcast. First and foremost, how are you doing today, my friend? I am doing well, Neil. <clears throat> Thank you very much for having me on and coming on to the uh, Devil's State of Mind podcast. Thank you for having me on. No problem. We are excited to have you on. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time you've been on the podcast. So this is uh, this is great that you you get the opportunity to come on here. So we had talked about this um, last week, and you brought it up, and I thought it was kind of interesting to talk about. I know that uh, a little while ago, you actually made a trip up to the Prudential Center to see a Devils game at the Rock. So my first question to you, Rich, right off the bat is, tell me about your experience as a whole going to a Devils game at the Prudential Center. So um, for your listeners, um, I do... Before the world shut down, um, I do a lot of hockey travel within the American Hockey League, myself and my friends. But we mm -hmm. also look toward NHL ventures whenever they pop up. So back at um, Thanksgiving weekend, um, unfortunately, the Bears as a team went into COVID protocol. Mm -hmm. So as we looked at it, one door closed, 
another one open. The Devils were playing that Sunday night against the Flyers. Yep. A buddy of mine went up a few weeks ago, and since I work the evening shift, he went, hey, let's go. And uh, we all went up to Newark. Mm. And um, so this would be about the third or fourth NHL arena I've been to. Hmm. and um it was a really good experience up there i mean it was a sunday night it wasn't a packed house per se right. but it was for someone like me as an outsider who's never been to prudential it was a good chance to go and see the building as a whole and um it is it was a really good experience i really enjoyed going well, that's great to hear, it, especially coming from somebody who doesn't uh, go very often and it's the first time you've ever been. I think it's great. And I'm sure a lot of us Devils fans uh, really appreciate um, you saying that and, and us hearing that. Now, my next question to you, Rich, is this. Every team in the NHL has been dealing with um, COVID-19 and, and things like that, particularly with the fans. Uh, they have different sort of guidelines and procedures that you have to go through in order to get into the arena. I know with the Devils, they have made it where either you show proof of vaccination or you just wear a mask. Um, what are your thoughts on how the Devils handled um, their situation when it comes to uh, COVID-19 and vaccination status and all of that? Well, I think they've done, you know, the best they can with the circumstances. We knew we knew what the the mandate was going in. I mm -hmm. myself have gotten the shots as well. So mm -hmm. it was just, bam, show card. Okay, in you go. Right. And um, so I think they've done a good job with these circumstances. And I really feel like that's what teams are doing at the time of this podcast, um, that you're just kind of rolling with the punches with whatever's right. coming down the pipeline. But most teams have most teams drew the line back in October, what they were going to do, whether it right. was mask only vax combination of both. And for the past two and a half months, they've stuck to it. Mm. So I did not mind how they did it. The staff was, you know, they were just doing their job. They weren't stepping and overstepping their line or, or like overly enforcing let me put right. it that way the stand the standard of it so it, it was i think they're doing very well that's really good to hear um i think a lot of questions not only last year when we slowly started to have fans towards the end of last season but certainly going into this year the questions were just basically how were nhl teams and and facilities going to handle this situation did did you feel safe um going into prudential center when it comes to that type of, you know, those type of protocols, did you feel safe and comfortable like it was just going to a regular hockey game? Absolutely. Um, as soon as you walked past the gate and into the big hallways there, right. it just, it felt like a regular hockey game. And I think Prudential Center, the one advantage they would have as opposed to other AHL arenas is that you have a lot of big open spaces for good ventilation, which is right. important in this that nobody really wants to talk about. So it is an atmosphere where, yeah, you can go to a hockey game and not have to really worry about, you know, the great virus. And, and <laughs> in that sense, they're doing their job. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I felt safe. I felt like I was just going to a hockey game. That's awesome. Now, as far as um, the concessions goes, because this has been a topic of discussion before with a lot of us Devils fans as to, you know, what we prefer, what we don't prefer. We know that as of right now, not all of the concession stands are open to the public. And I think a lot of that just has to do with what's going on uh, with COVID-19 and everything like that. But what were your thoughts about the concessions part of the Prudential Center? Now. For for your listeners, we deal with that at the American Hockey League as well. So mm -hmm. don't, you know, like, oh, it's just Jersey being Jersey. No, this is a lot throughout other right. leagues. So um, but in terms of terms of concessions, um, like I've noticed with a lot of NHL arenas is that they love to expand their food choices. The days of popcorn and peanuts and hot dogs, of course, are gone. Right. Um and soft pretzels are done, but um, I really enjoyed the variety. Like, um, you know, 
I mean, no, they don't have a sushi stand like what Pittsburgh does, although I shouldn't give them ideas. Um, <laughs> but I saw a nice range of, of barbecue, um, some Asian-inspired, mm-hmm. and again, more traditional stands throughout throughout the upper levels up there in the in the two, well, I'm going to say 200s, but 200, in the upper echelons yeah, of the arena. And everything was spaced out very well. And I saw some really good uh, variety throughout there. Now, speaking of concessions, um, we got the NJ soft pretzel. I'm uh, not sure if you know where that is, where yes. that is in the arena. So we wanted to get something there. And we were really impressed that there was a freaking pretzel that was the devil NJ with enough salt on it to kill someone. Right. Like they salt those things like, because we we bought one each for each of us. We're like, dear God, are, are you trying? Are, are you actively trying to murder people here? It was, it, it's it's absurd. Right. So yeah, we walked over. We kind of scraped off the majority of it, but um, it had a good buttery crust and wasn't tried out. So good. it was. I thought it was really good, but um, other than that, I thought the concessions again great mix of traditional. And um, um, other types of cuisine throughout out the arena, and again, that's par for the course in the NHL. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think it was very, I think it was very well done. I liked what I saw. Well, again, all of this is is great to hear because you know, and I guess it's it's easier for Devils fans like myself who go you know routinely to the arena that we kind of nitpick things here, you know, left and right. But I think it's good that we get an outside voice who's had the opportunity to go to the Prudential Center and talk about their experience and talk about it in a very positive way. All of this is is really, really good. Now, Richard, I want to talk to you a little bit about just hockey in general. I want to talk to you about the American Hockey League and specifically talk about the Utica Comets, the New Jersey Devils Mm -hmm. AHL affiliate. At the time of this recording, the Utica Comets are far and away the top team in the AHL with a record of 18-1-2, which gives them 38 points, which is five more points than the next best team, the Springfield Thunderbirds. In your opinion, looking at that team from afar, because you mainly focus on the Hershey Bears, what are your overall thoughts of how impressive this Utica Comets team has been since the season started? Oh, very impressed because this is basically the same team that was in that was practicing next door in the practice arena slash Binghamton last year. Correct. That had Bastion, Ball, and a lot of other players that you that you are now seeing in 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 Newark. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just amazing that you take that team, put them up in Utica. Um, and they are just absolutely flying. Like the North division is a very, very strong division. It's not just Utica beating up on weaker teams. Uh, Rochester, Toronto, Belleville, uh, Laval, um, even Syracuse are all 500 and better in that division. Mm-hmm. So Utica, they got off to the best start in American Hockey League history at 14 and 0. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've leveled off, but you can't keep that kind of momentum going. You can't no. go 76 and 0. That's not happening. <laughs> no. But um, the, the, the amount of talent and depth on that team is just unreal. And the fact that you can find ways to win games, even amongst this environment, is just really, really good. Yeah. Now, there is one team, I think, that's at their level that's not in the East, and they're the Chicago Wolves. Yes. Carolina Hurricanes affiliate. Mm-hmm. I'm just let that out into the ether and let your fan base think about that for a moment. Of course. Um, but they're, like, they are the two best teams in the entire league right now. Right. And Utica, I think, has a really good team out there, a really solid product that can just roll lines all four lines, which is very dangerous in any league, or they can just beat you with stout goaltending. Mm. And when you have a, a team that has a great combination of that, they are really, really difficult to deal with. So even though times aren't the best there in um, in um, in Newark, you guys right. have a really good farm club 
that building there in Utica. So, you know, help is on the way. And that's exactly what we, we all feel as well. I think when you look at the way that the Devils are playing right now, currently at the time it's recording on a six-game losing streak um, in danger of making it seven if they lose on Tuesday to Pittsburgh. Uh, we all see it. The, the great thing about Devils fans, and this is no knock on any other fans of other NHL teams because we all we all are very bright and we all know what we're talking about, but Devils fans are very smart. And also they know when they're getting – they know when they're getting played by people in the higher ups, i.e. general management, ownership, that type of area, even coaching to an extent. We know when somebody is clearly just saying things just to say things. Um, and I think that's been the issue of late, certainly over the last seven, eight years. We've kind of heard the same things over and over again, that the future is bright, yada, 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 things will get better in the future. And I do believe that we can say that with confidence. Now, when you look at not just the young core of talent we have playing in the NHL right now, but even just guys that are down in Utica or up in Utica, if you want to get geographical um, that are really, really playing well. And I think that seeing how much the Utica comments are loved by the people of Utica, because I, I know several people up in Utica that watch the team on a daily basis. And they say, we love this team. We love the coaching staff. We love the players. They sell out basically every game that they possibly can sell out. And I think it's just an overall great uh, partnership between the Devils and the Utica Comets. And it gives Devils fans a reason to be hopeful moving forward. And I think the biggest thing, I think the one thing I wanted to give credit to was Kevin Deneen coming in and completely changing the culture and attitude as well as mindset of this hockey team. He came in not knowing these guys. And I think the one advantage that he had was that he was the head coach of the Devils during their prospects challenge before the season began. And he got to know a lot of the kids that are playing with the Comets right now. And I think Kevin Deneen, who's been a proven, very successful hockey coach, is continuing to show his success and showing what he what he's all about um, here in this one. So, Rich, when you look at, when you look at the Devils as a whole, because we just talked about this before we started recording, um, mm -hmm. the Devils right now, as I mentioned before, are on a six-game losing streak. Things right. have just continued to go from bad to worse. Not only are we not winning games, and many of the games were not even coming close to, on the, to, to playing the level that we need to play at. As I've mentioned before, and a lot of Devils fans have mentioned, this team is way, way, way too talented to be playing as badly as they've been playing of late. In your opinion, watching from afar, what are the, the major sticking points that cause the amount of problems the Devils have had of late? I think probably something you would say on your show would be consistency. You can't just, you know, have a really good game against, um, let's say, Pittsburgh, and then just, come out and have a, just using an example, and then just come out and get blown out of the water by, let's say, an incoming Vegas team. Right. Um, you guys are, are going to have, like, like just, like, again, yeah, yeah the, the talent is there. The young talent is absolutely there. But this team needs to start either stringing wins or, right. dare I say, Losing close to give this team a fan base. Okay, we're not we're not winning, but we're keeping these games close. Mm -hmm. We or we're finding ways to win close games. Right. But if you can't do that, if you can't consistently win, or or trying to be in the mix, if you're just getting blown out five one, six nothing, right, four two off of an empty netter, then you're going to have a lot of fan apathy to be like, well, why should we even care about this team? Because we don't know what good team we're going to get each night. Exactly. Are we going to get a young, fast team that can stay with a lot of these veterans and established teams and maybe surprise a team here and there? Mm -hmm. Or is this going to be a team that is, that is young and just looks completely lost out there? Right. And that I think is, that I can at least I hear from you seems to be the frustrating part 
is that, yeah, this team's talented, and we want to see that talent consistently play at, at best, a wild card level to hang around that mm-hmm. and maybe make a trade here and there around the deadline to kind of put you up and over yeah. to at least make a play, make a playoff run attempt run, mm-hmm. not just be a team that is just, dare I say, mediocre. Yeah. And that is the worst position you want to be in the NHL. If you're bad, be bad and go for the top prospects that are out there. If right. you're good, get to the playoffs. Anything could happen. But you're stuck in this purgatory where you're not bad enough to tank, but you're not good enough to be in the playoffs. And you want to get out of that as a fan or if nothing else, just give your fan base something. <laughs> I mean, because, you again, we bring these names up. Um, Ball, um, Holtz, you've Dougie Hamilton out there on the blue line, who is a great talent, a great right. pickup. Yes. And P.K. Yes. Subban, who is that, that vet, says, pair me up with him. Pair me up with him. Oh, I can do something with him. Mm-hmm. And... And you have the the goaltending with Mackenzie Blackwood, who we've seen down in the minors a bit. Yep. But it just never comes together. And yes. I know I've seen that in Hershey a few times, and it is really frustrating to see a team that has this talent just just not or at times can't play up to that. Yeah, you nailed you nailed everything there on the head. And I, I spoke about this before. I've spoke about it in each of the last two episodes. Uh, you know, prior to this one, that changes need to come. And it really comes from the coaching staff. I think that you got to take what Paul Maurice said when he stepped down uh, late last week um, from the head coaching position with the Winnipeg Jets, where he said, when he was talking about the Jets, that this is a really, really good team and they just need a different voice in here. And the Jets are in a much better position than the Devils are in. The Jets are only a couple of points out of a playoff spot right now. They're about three points out of a playoff spot. So to me, I feel that it is it is absolutely necessary for the Devils to make some sort of coaching change. They need someone else in there that's going to have a different philosophy, a different system that is going to be better and more based around the team that the Devils have. Because the longer that we continue to have the same things happen, you know, it's like the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, knowing the result, knowing that you're going to get the same thing and nothing is going to change. The biggest thing here is simply that the Devils are incredibly talented and they have the necessary pieces to go out and compete. Tom Fitzgerald, the general manager of this team, made it publicly clear last season that he wanted this team going into this year to be able to compete and have meaningful games in March and April. And right now, here on, as we're recording this on December 20th, that's not where we're at. We're not even close to that. We are 10 games below 500. And once again, a lot of us Devils fans, not my, not me particularly, but a lot of Devils fans are wondering to themselves, okay, who are we going to go get with one of our top, you know, first round picks next year? And I've grown very tired of that. I've grown very tired of giving up on the season before, you know, the season being over basically before it even really gets going. We're 30 games into the season and we already feel like the season is a loss and that is very frustrating. Now, I wanted to share something with not only you, Rich, but everybody listening um, you know, to the to the podcast. There's a guy on Twitter that I follow. His name's Gino. He's at total underscore NV on Twitter. He is a Sixers, Devils, and Yankee fan. He posted this um on Monday morning. He and it's a damning, it's a damning um statistic. He says the Devils record since losing in the 2012 Stanley Cup finals, which other than 2018 was The only other time we've made the playoffs in the last decade, 285 wins and 417 losses. That to me has just been the definition of this ownership group and this organization being comfortable with where we are. And this is just another season in which we feel that it's the same story ninth, 10th verse, where we get off to a decent start, we get hopeful, and then by the time we hit Christmas and, you know, um, New Year's Eve, we're, we're already, you know, we're already out of it. And that's what's frustrating. And I know we're not really out of it, and this team can make a run. But the longer that we just allow 
things to go the way that they're going, we're going to end up having to make this massive miracle run if we're going to have any shot of making the playoffs. So that's, that's really that. But Rich, my, my last question to you, my friend, is this. What is the biggest – give us some positivity. Give us something for us Devils fans. Give us something to make us feel a little bit better about the situation that we're in right now. Well, first off, as I've heard um, several um, – I've, I've heard on several sports shows before, this is more common in the NBA, but everybody goes on a run. So what's – being shown right now in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, who at the time of this broadcast, um, Pittsburgh's on a seven-game winning streak. The Flyers have gotten themselves back to five to five hundred. Mm-hmm. So everybody can go on a run and get themselves back into it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't don't see New Jersey as completely out of it. A nice five-game winning streak puts you back at five hundred, and that's kind of the little steps this team makes needs to make. Let's get back to 500. Let's put ourselves in a position to win. And I know easier said than done, but, and I realize, and a, and a phrase I'm going to say is that me and my friends say, it's getting late early. It's mm. getting late early for the Devils. And you're saying that. Others on Devils Twitter are saying that, and the fan base are saying that. And I understand the frustration because management's going, it's okay, guys. We got this. We're good. We're good. Uh, and you're going, no, no, we're not. Right. But right. Um, everybody goes on a run. And mm-hmm. you guys are in a position to where a simple, consistent run gets you guys back into it. Right. And I will say this, your fan base, it does deserve a lot better. Because when I went to, to, to The Rock or Prudential right. Yep. Ever nickname you, you want to give it. Um, d- despite, d- despite the area that it's in, there is a passionate fan base there. I saw it. I heard the Ranger sucks chance. <laughs> I heard, I heard the sing-alongs to don't stop believing by journey. Yeah. I saw the putty intro video. Yep. And what I realized that night, Everything I heard about that Devils fan base about being loud, rowdy, passionate fans is absolutely true with this with this fan base that they that the term blue collar gets thrown around a lot in the NHL because a lot of teams want to be blue collar, but they're really not Um, your rivals. The New York Rangers are, are one of them. But I can say that the Devils fan base really feels like a fan base who puts on their blue jeans, grabs their lunch pails and goes to work. And, you know, I really liked seeing that. Like I never once felt like an, an outsider being there. This was a fan base that I knew that I could verbally spar with in the audience. And by the time we're done, they're like, Hey, thanks for coming. See you next time. Right. So that's great. That is, it is something that, you know, I really enjoyed about going and, um, you know, just the best I can say is with the devils is that you guys are farther along than some other teams that are bad in the league right now. See Arizona, see Seattle. So, um, you know, just, just hang in there. I think the only words of wisdom I will say, don't, don't fire rough just for the sake of making a change. Don't make a sa- change for the sake of it. Um, because I don't know who's out there in terms of coaching. Yes. I highly doubt Devils fans would want a, a high-end coach to come in. Like, oh, I don't say it. I don't know. Um, Tortorella, which I highly doubt would happen. Um, but in all, ser- in all seriousness, um, I think there's a lot of good there. There's a lot of good with this team, and I think you're right. You just need either it's a coach to really bring it all together, and maybe maybe Lindsay has that Maurice moment where he says, I'm not the one to do this. Someone else should. And also, don't expect that one change to completely turn everything around. Right. It will take time. And I know you've waited eight years for, for you know, you wait six to eight years. Yeah. But the core is there. Yeah. It really is. 
and you guys are going to be fine eventually you guys will be fine so devils fans keep your chins up that's what i heard a lot a lot about your fan base is that you know you, you said we get knocked on the chin we get right back up and it's just another time you're gonna have to get back up but i know you guys can well, I love all that, Rich. That, that was great, man. You, you nailed a lot of really good points, and we appreciate the we appreciate the comments about our fan base, man. We're just like at the end of the day, we're just super passionate. This is the only team in New Jersey that has New Jersey in its name. I mean, that's you know, so we take great pride in you know being Devils fans and this team representing um, the state of New Jersey. It's very, very important. Rich, my friend, before I let you go, because I do this with all of my guests, I'm going to give you the opportunity to uh, let the folks at home know where they can follow you on social media, talk a little bit about the podcast and what you got going on and anything else you'd like to say. So, my friend, the floor is yours. All right. So, um, as as Neil said at the beginning of the segment, um, I host the Grit and Barrett podcast. That's B-E-A-R um, it. Um I, my own personal Twitter on the socials is rbloss, B-L-O-S-S 64, as in Nintendo Ultra 64. That is awesome. Um, you can follow me on there. Um, I follow, now it is a lot of sports based, like a lot of fantasy footballers and everything, but that's just the group I'm part of that helps right. me get the podcast um, out into the internet ether. Um, the Grit and Barrett podcast, you know, we're covering the Hershey Bears as they're entering their holiday uh, stretch. They have a lot of games coming up and we drop new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Fridays are special Friday face-offs where nice. I, I either cover a midweek Bears and we do a quick, we do a rundown of all the American Hockey League action that weekend. And also stay tuned to the podcast next week i'm hoping to get some good winter classic content out nice. and some hopefully some stadium series stuff as we head into uh february so and also to, to everyone as scary as the world can be right now you got this you do you and don't be a prick i love all that rich well rich thank you so much my friend for coming on and speaking with us here on the double state of mind podcast we really do appreciate it we are definitely going to have you back on um, very, very soon. But thank you so much, man, for doing this. We really appreciate it. Hey, you, hey, you too, man. And um, keep and and keep at it there, Joyzy. Keep at it.